0: looking at some of the, the terminology utilized and deployed throughout the solution and keying in to recognize is this my industry terminology or is this something that I don't necessarily understand and I think that's a you know it's it's kind of something minor but I think it it, it could turn into a, a major issue when you are just doing the, the kind of checklist approach to the typical ERP discovery.
1: Here is your host, Sam Gupta.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. The announcement about the end of life of an ERP system has fired back every single ERP vendor, whether we talk about Oracle's announcement for JD Edwards, SAP announcement of ECC or Microsoft's announcement for GP. The vendors that have a lot of solutions in their customer base without very strong communities can typically sunset their products very easily without much noise. But that is not possible when you are a vendor such as Microsoft and you have one of the most adopted ERP solutions with over 40k installations. So Microsoft may keep extending its deadline for end of life for GP. But how long? Would it have a clear direction for the cloud just like other products in the MS portfolio like Dynamics BC and Finance and Operations? Does it make sense to buy GP in 2022? Does it make sense to stay on GP and wait until Microsoft officially sunsets it? If so, What would be your alternatives? But which businesses would be the right fit for Microsoft Dynamics GP? In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to discuss major stories in the ERP and digital transformation space and an objective and independent review of Dynamics GP's capabilities. We covered several grounds, including its history, technology evolution, product roadmap, Strengths and weaknesses. Finally, we reviewed which industries and market segments are using Microsoft GP as of today and which segments are going to be the best fit. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you're joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5 30 p.m. Eastern. We pick one vendor or the solution. So far, we have reviewed only vendors. Now we are going to be focusing more on the products. We are going to take much deeper dive on the products. So yeah, so we do that. We also review a bunch of stories uh, from the week related to ERP or digital uh, transformation. And we are going to do all of that. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. If you don't know me, I am Sam Gupta. I am principal at Elevate IQ. I have been doing ERP and digital transformation for roughly 40 plus years. And today's topic is uh, Microsoft GP. You know, we have done a lot of engagement with Microsoft GP, so it's near and dear to my heart. And then, uh, as part of Elevate IQ, we help our clients uh, with the ERP selection, contract negotiation, uh, enterprise architecture, system architecture, business process reengineering and the ERP implementation. On that note, I am going to move to Phil for his intro.
3: Hi, Sam. Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Kerper with Ringling Business Solutions here in Wisconsin coming to you today. Nice to be here. Uh, Ringling Business Solutions helps executive leadership teams align their core business plans with digital transformation. Uh, I come to you with several decades of experience in the C-suite and a lot of ERP experience and uh, some good familiarity with Microsoft GP. So looking forward to it, Sam.
2: Thank you so much, Phil, uh, for the intro. Dave, can I move to you next for your intro? Sure. Thanks, Sam.
0: Hey, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting company working with leaders in the manufacturing, construction, and cannabis spaces to help them create the systems needed to grow their business. And I come to you today with more than 20 years in manufacturing operations, uh, working on ERP implementations and systemization. So happy to be here, and, and thanks for having me, Sam.
2: Okay, amazing. Andy, can I ask you to introduce yourself next?
4: Absolutely. Thank you, Sam. Uh, my name is Andy Pratico. I am uh, in the show on location in Las Vegas today, so that's very very exciting. I've been involved in ERP software for manufacturers for about 40 years, and I help companies evaluate and, and understand the truth about the system before you buy. Thank you so much, Sam.
2: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Andy. And uh, Before we start on today's story, and if you're in the audience, you are joining for the first time, Uh, Make sure you guys are going to be commenting uh, in the LinkedIn comments, wherever you are watching, or YouTube, if you are watching there. Uh, And uh, our panelists are going to make sure that they get back to you with uh, your questions. And if we cannot uh, get back to you on your questions during the show, then we'll make sure that we will send your answers after the show. On that note, I am going to start with first story. And the first story is very exciting. And the reason why it is exciting is because it is coming from our friends at Sage. uh, And this is related to the Sage Intact platform, uh, which we have reviewed. And this is the one of the cloud native platform that we all know. Uh, They are positioned for slightly more non ERP centric industries. And those are going to be the service industries, not really product industries, which are going to be manufacturing retail. Uh, The product itself is thus far better in general in the service center. And that is going to be your not-for-profit That's going to be your SaaS companies. Uh, It's going to be healthcare, uh, you know, uh, staffing companies. Those are the companies, they are the major uh, chunk of customers for Sage Intech. As we all know, uh, we have seen this in in the other shows as well, that Sage Intech has been trying to get into more of the product-centric space. First, they try to develop the, the construction capability. They didn't have as rich as deep construction capability as their legacy solution, which is your Sage 300 CRE. Uh, but now they are trying to develop the construction functionality. It's not there, but I mean, it can work very well. in the, uh, Unless you require very sophisticated functionality, then Sage is probably going to push you uh, to their uh, slightly more on-prem solution. I don't think that is even uh, cloud-hosted. Probably it's going to be cloud-hosted. Uh, the partners... But they have been trying to build the micro-vertical functionality on top of Sage Intact. Uh, and uh, based on the Bright Pearl's acquisition, we know that they are trying to get into the uh, more of the GTC market, the omnichannel market, that is going to be slightly more e-commerce centric. And today, they have announced that they are trying to get into manufacturing. Now, this is very interesting. As we all know, manufacturing market in general is very crowded. And it's extremely competitive as well. There's no reason why Sage Intact would actually try to come to manufacturing market when they can really fill the holes in their existing solution for the other micro verticals where there is not as much competition. For example, let's say if you look at the construction space, if you are going to find a true cloud native solution for the construction space, you might find with the help of add-ons, but you don't really have the native capabilities provided as part of the solution itself. Uh, you have a lot of gaps in the government contracting space, uh, which is primarily penetrated by companies like Tech. You have Uninet, uh, but you know there are a lot of gaps in that space as well. But again, manufacturing is the biggest market for ERP. That's why everybody is sort of trying to grab a piece of pie in the manufacturing market. So we are going to look at their uh, capabilities, what they have done more from the manufacturing perspective. So here... One of the most interesting things about this release is that they have released this in the country called France, okay, which is very interesting. And I have no idea how they <laughs> chose that country as the first pilot. Uh, by the way, in France, they don't seem to have the localization because they are relying on another uh, add on, which is called Sage FRP 1000, uh, is what they are using. So they must not have as strong localization for the French market, that's why they probably need to use this add-on. So the first question is going to be, hey, when you don't have the localization, why not build the localization first in the core solution, then building something where you are probably not going to have a shot. But maybe in the French market, there are no uh, cloud native solutions. For example, Acumatica is definitely not there. Uh, I can almost guarantee that's Okay, match I don't know. So maybe that is the reason why they are trying to grab the patches where, Uh, Acumatica or NetSuite is not there which could be a great play in general so here they are saying this offers new industry capabilities for French customers specializing in the discrete manufacturing vertical and looking to drive business transformation with modernized processes and anytime access to data on any device. Sage Intact Manufacturing is a purpose-built cloud native production and operations management solution okay when I am reading this I did not find much of the manufacturing play to be this almost looked as if it is a distribution centric solution, even distribution functionality is probably going to be weaker, but this is very similar to how your solutions such as SAP Business One or Microsoft Business Central or Microsoft GP for that matter, which we are going to review today, are going to treat manufacturing, okay? okay so here we are going to be reviewing the key features uh, that they are trying to position and they are claiming that I am purpose built, but purpose built has far deeper meaning over it. <laughs> When you talk about the deep manufacturing operations functionality There are a lot of different features said that you need to know and it could cost billions and billions of dollars to be able to build that functionality so again my question is going to be why are you moving to manufacturing market which is already crowded but we'll see how sage intent does in the manufacturing market
4: you know uh, sam uh, over on your left your five bullets if you look at the second bullet it says manufacturing make and assemble so it automatically it's it's You know, I'm making an assumption, of course, but that automatically leads me to believe it's an MRP-centric system. Basic material planning, but nothing sophisticated. And it's probably, you know, hey, the intact customer base is huge. They're trying to maintain some of those customers and get new ones. Obviously, France might be a better, uh, easier target in the uh, for manufacturing than north america
2: yeah even the mrp is going to be fairly weak the way you know it is in some of the other systems better than they had before right yes yes you are right but again it's not going to be anything close to other manufacturing systems and you know this is not even going to be close to some of the richer distribution system so when you say make an assemble it's a very Lean distribution functionality, but we we don't have enough data to be able to comment how deep the manufacturing is going to be. But this is probably going to be similar to uh, you know some of the uh, distribution solutions that might do a little bit of manufacturing, and they are going to sell it as the the manufacturing solution but then you will require tons and tons of add on on top yeah. of that and tons of tons of custom development there's lots of bolt ons
4: out there that that will link into sage or other accounting systems and they do have you know stronger functionality from manufacturers than the core system has that's for sure like Sage 300, Sage 100, all of those. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: Real, real quick add to that, Sam. I've got two examples in the past couple of years where the legacy system was Sage and they were running either Mass 90, Mass 100 versions. And they were manufacturing, but they were bought as distribution type of software and they were cheap. They were inexpensive and they were on-prem. And, and so they kind of grew into a partial manufacturing solution, but not a lot of depth. And, you know, uh, as far as exactly what you're saying, and in both those cases, those companies moved on to a much more appropriate
2: ERP as their business. It's probably kidding, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would feel. Uh, You know, they might have bomb, but, you know, that is the only thing probably they are going to do the way, you know, some of the other distribution centric uh, systems uh, for them. Manufacturing is just create a bomb, and that's it. Manufacturing is done. You know, (laughs) manufacturing is far deeper operationally. Uh, overall in terms of the complexity, if you want to do it right. I mean, if you are doing it in a spreadsheet, yeah, then anything is going to work for you. Then you probably don't need any ERP system. <laughs> uh, but if you are doing and and, and running the way manufacturing is supposed to be done efficiently, then you would probably require thicker functionality. Uh, just to be just to be a lying guy, Sage fact is one of the prettiest uh, cloud-native system. You know, from the product perspective, if you look at the product, it's prettier it than... Yeah, definitely than, pretty. Yeah, the other uh, cloud native solutions such as Acumatica and Netsuite. Uh, that's how beautiful, you know, the design is just phenomenal. The way it looks. Yeah. But again, it has very deep financial functionality. We looked at, you know, the way they are developing the feature in the release notes last week, I guess, uh, when we did this session. And they are trying to uh, develop some of the financial functionality that I only saw in systems such as SAP. Uh, it's very rare to find those, uh, you know, functionality in a mid-market system, but Sage is obviously trying to build a very thick financial functionality that you are not going to find in other systems, because obviously this is promoted by accountants. Accountants just love Sage, because obviously they are not going to find a better system overall from the accounting perspective that is going to be cloud-native.
4: No question. And you know what, that just segues into into your evaluation today, because you're right. Sage Intact today is like widespread with the accountants. But in previous decades,
2: it was Acpac, which is now Sage 300 and Great Plains. Exactly. You are right. You are absolutely right. For the most part, the Sage, the most of their products, they are promoted by accountants and accounting firms. I would say, you know, Sage 500 was decent manufacturing system. Now, okay, It was OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know Sage X3 is great at process manufacturing. It is great
4: um, for process. It's, it's a it's a perfect product
2: for process. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, guys. So we are going to move on to the uh, you know other bullet points here. So here uh, you know Sage intacted Sage. Hey, that. We, yeah.
3: oh, I'm sorry, you're you're not off the slide yet. I'll I'll wait. Uh,
2: Phil, go on if you have a comment.
3: No, it was more it was more on scope. We have a question in the chat on the scope for tonight's show, but uh, but let, you should finish Sage first.
2: Okay, all right. So here, uh, you know, obviously they are trying to claim. Sage is saying that they are trying to build the industry-specific features that we have seen in case of their Bright Pearl acquisition. That we are seeing in this particular case when they are trying to develop the manufacturing functionality. Here, again, they are saying automated system updates, keeping customer uh, compliant with local regulations. That's the best of breed capability that they are trying to position as the manufacturing solution. But obviously, Sage FRP 100 is probably not part of the Sage Intact portfolio. Maybe, I don't know if it is an add-on or uh, it's going to be a separate uh, you know, product, uh, but that's definitely not part of Sage, in, uh, Sage Intact. Otherwise, they would not name it separately here. So here they are saying optional integration with the locally proven finance solution, which is Sage FRP 1000, to ensure compliance across key finance and accounting processes so obviously they don't have that localization in that country which is key for that country uh, France if my understanding is right i think france has very deep localization needs the way uh, the taxation is structured in that country so you would probably require a specialized solution uh, and that could be the reason why they are trying to target that country because nobody else is there so here now they are saying within our portfolio to the more complex capabilities offered by sage x3 Sage tech Manufacturing provides small manufacturing businesses with the opportunity to use best-in-class technology at a scale that su- suits them. So obviously, they are trying to do similar to what NetSuite does. You know, you go to NetSuite, you start on NetSuite, and then I'm going to sell you uh, Oracle uh, ERP Cloud. This is probably the similar strategy, but again, you need to find your market because everybody needs to have the best of breed functionality. Uh, not best of breed, sorry, industry-specific functionality in 2022. That's how most CRP players are able to win. If you don't have, uh, you know, the deeper functionality in a specific industry, the solution is actually going to struggle. So right now, the way Sage Intact is going, they are going all over the place. Uh, They should be developing quite deeper functionality for certain industries, and they should be positioning in those industries as opposed to going everywhere. Here, they are saying Sage Intact manufacturing is available to... Customers in France, either on a standalone basis or integrated with the financial management capabilities of, again, uh, Sage FRP1000 and is offered uh, by Sage's experience value added reseller network of partners, which is the go-to-market model model for Sage in general. Uh, They have a very strong channel. Okay, so that's it on this slide. So, Phil, do you want to continue with your comment?
3: Yeah, we, we have a question of whether uh, we're going to cover Microsoft AX uh, in, included in this session or in a future session, Sam.
2: So this is going to be a very focused session only on Microsoft Dynamics GP. We have a future session coming uh, that is going to be on the Microsoft AX product, uh, which is your Microsoft Dynamics finance and operations uh, in the cloud world. So we are going to be covering that product, but today we are only going to be Microsoft Dynamics GP.
3: Perfect. There's your answer, Nikki. Thanks, Sam.
2: Okay. Anything else, guys, before I start the briefing session on Microsoft Dynamics? Okay. So Microsoft Dynamics GP, guys, uh, you know, obviously it's one of the most adopted solutions. Okay. Uh, It has roughly, what, 40,000, Andy, correct me, you have been in the market far longer than I have been. You're Uh,
4: You're right around the correct number.
2: Yeah, so they have roughly 40,000 installations. For an 40,000 installations, okay? Uh, even SAP does not have that. SAP may have for larger customers, uh, but typically getting that number itself is a big deal. The cloud-native solutions, none of them are close to a point of 40,000. NetSuite is probably going to be closer, uh, but I don't think they have as many. Installations. So kudos to Microsoft. They acquired this solution somewhere in 2000. Uh, and they have they have done a wonderful job uh, in maintaining or retaining those customers on Microsoft Dynamics. Microsoft Dynamics GP, when it was acquired, it was a classic accounting solution, the way the accounting solution or the single tenant sol- solutions are built, and I call them slightly more desktop app. When Microsoft Dynamics GP was acquired, it was almost like desktop app for accountants. It did a lot of things really, really well, uh, it was an easy solution for accountants, obviously much richer than systems such as QuickBooks. That's why they moved to Microsoft Dynamics GP because you know it provided a lot of bells and whistles that they would not get in the simpler accounting systems such as QuickBooks. Now, uh, Microsoft Dynamics GP is not positioned for the cloud world, okay? Microsoft is continuing with two products in their portfolio, and that is going to be Microsoft Dynamics Finance and operations, which competes with SAP S/4HANA, Oracle Cloud ERP. That's their, you know, granddaddy uh, of the ERP in the portfolio. And then we have the Microsoft Dynamics Business Central, which is the older NAV solution. It was slightly more mid-market solution. The way it is positioned in the market, it is trying to compete with NetSuite, Acumatica, and you know, they don't want to have third solution. The way you know, some of the companies have tried having three different, uh, but that strategy, strategy typically fires back uh, because customers get confused when they are going to look at two or three different solutions. For example, SAP has SAP Business One, SAP business By Design, and then SAP has hana Now, if you ask anybody, okay, what is SAP business By Design? Nobody knows. Okay, and the reason why they don't know is because, you know, it comes across as very overlapping. If you already have SAP Business One, why do you need SAP business By Design? From the product design perspective, it's a very different product. SAP Business One is a very different product than your SAP Business by Design. But for ERP companies, for some reason, it's very, very, very hard for them to sell the product design. I don't know why they find it hard. And in most cases, it is because of the salespeople because they are overcommitting for everything. Okay? They should be setting the clear boundaries where SAP Business One is afraid and where SAP Business by Design is afraid. But typically, if you are going to have two different sales teams that are trying to position both, They don't know us. the
4: difference is what the problem
2: have. Number one, they don't know that the difference. Number two, they don't want to tell the difference. And know? They don't want if, be a, they're instructed <laughs> to not tell the difference. Right. I mean, maybe from the corporate perspective, they are trying to mention that, you know what, play nice. But that's yeah. not how salespeople
1: work. It's almost salespeople, propaganda.
2: Salespeople are going to look at, okay, what do I have in my portfolio? And can I sell this to the customer or not? That's what they care for. They don't care for it. That's how, you know, salespeople work in general, right? There is always going to be a thin line, the gray line between how these ERP systems are positioned, which system can work for which business, and that's why they are able to sort of get these deals uh, in the CRM and get these deals approved. None of the companies I know of, they don't want to oversell, to be honest, okay? Uh, none of the OEMs. But typically, executing that at the sales level is very, very hard. When you are going to be companies as big as Microsoft or SAP. Now, in case of Microsoft, that's probably the reason why Microsoft is not continuing with three different products. For example, Oracle is continuing only with two products, right? Siege has only two products right now, okay? Infor is all over the place, as we all know. How many do you think Microsoft, you'll Sam, end
4: up there, Sam? What's that? How many, how many do you think you'll end up at Infor?
2: Right now, they are a very different company. So I think they are doing. Four or five, they mm-hmm. are doing four, right? Four or five. Go future, go forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Four or five is what they have sort of officially communicated. I mean, in four is never going to communicate the way other yeah. companies, uh, you know, they are never going to be as expressive. Obviously, they have like 200, still 200 ERPs in their portfolio. So the impact is not going to be as massive as Microsoft Dynamics GP, because if you look at the community of Microsoft, uh, it has what, I don't know how many people are there. So if Microsoft is going to announce something, it's going to be all over the place. But in four, the systems that they acquired, they are the community itself is very small. It's not as passionate as Microsoft Dynamics GP. It's not as big. So again, overall, from the corporate strategy perspective, what I like to see is, you know, have two, three, four products. Don't have 200. <laughs> 234 is okay. I mean, you need to have the purpose built product for specific industries because you definitely require that function. So here, in case of Microsoft Dynamics GP, the way the product was designed, it was very comparable to your, I would say, the right comparison for Microsoft Dynamics is probably going to be SysPro, okay? Then you are going to have systems such as Macola. That is probably going to be right. Maccola
4: would be a good one, yes. Yeah.
2: I would say SAP Business One is probably the right comparison as well.
4: It by itself without any of the ISV.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole idea, the reason why I am trying to compare it with these solutions is because they are going to be single tenant. They are not really designed to be multi tenant. It's designed for smaller companies. It's not going to have as deep, you know, manufacturing functionality. They were traditionally far stronger. Accounting systems and then you sort of try to develop the erp from on top of that. So you don't really have the deep supply chain expertise that your NEP is going to have. So right. NEP always had, you know, let's say if you're even if you're a distribution company, Microsoft GP struggles with it. Uh, right. so if you are gonna have all of those DC network, even if you are let's say just one entity, you have let's say 10 stores in the US. Uh, you know, Microsoft Dynamics GP is going to struggle because you you will be struggling with those transfer process when you are going to transfer the goods from one store to the next. Uh, You know, Microsoft GP was not designed for that. So we are going to review all of that in terms of, you know, what Microsoft uh, Dynamics was, but the reason why I am trying to compare it with this solution is because the way it had started from the database, it had very file system centric data. Okay, it was on C3, I guess, if I remember, and I don't have as much familiarity with C3 you know how the database was structured but it does seem like it probably had similar journey SS Pro and the reason why I am trying to compare it with SS Pro because SS Pro ended up moving to SQL server because now they are trying to go after much larger clients and you need that data integrity uh, for your ERP system and that's why you would move to SQL server in fact in case of GP after Microsoft acquired them they are the ones who actually built a little bit of ERP functionality on top of my GP. Okay? Whatever it has right now, it is actually done by Microsoft. Before that, it was primarily an accounting solution. It was not used by companies such as manufacturing this retail. It was primarily used by other companies such as your healthcare and it's still very much used by those non-traditional uh, ERP companies, what I like to call. What else do we cover as part of briefing that I have not covered so far? Um, Dave, Phil, Andy, did I miss anything?
0: I think you did a nice job walking through everything, Sam. So excited to get into this one. I think uh, it's it's going to be a good one and and popular for a lot of people out there.
4: It's got yeah. a it's got an incredible following. It's been around for a long time. Accountants always loved it. It'll it'll be interesting on some other
3: slides that are coming up here too. Uh, what I found with GP is if you needed somewhat advanced warehouse management, it pushed you into FNO. If you wanted to stay sure. a Microsoft product. And that's, just, a that's a massive leap.
2: That's a yeah, yeah, so,
3: But that that goes to your that there's nothing in between, right? So you got you got one. If you're a distributor with multiple DCs and and somewhat of a complex restocking type of model,
4: it's hard there's to get an that out of GB. Business is able to accommodate. Bill. Exactly, exactly. There, there is an, an in between. For what you're describing, I mean, that's a whole different topic, though. We're, we're talking about G. Yeah, but I mean,
2: there is Andy's is right. Um, you know, Nav is the right next logical step. FNO, it's like you know, you were like you still have to get a you still <laughs> have
4: to get a third party ISV for the warehouse management, but it would.
3: It would work yeah well, I, well like you say i'm off topic a little bit that's where i was going to go okay. next with that Andy. Well, my
4: brother my brother works for a very large warehousing just three billion distribution and
2: they use they use that all right guys so we are going to talk about the history so as i had pointed out uh you know during the briefing session that you know it was developed by a small company uh back in 1993 microsoft acquired them in roughly what 2000 the acquisition was completed in 2001 the language that dynamics gp uses is called dexterity and uh, dexterity is still used by microsoft g if you actually go to forums in microsoft g there's also conversation happening around that so you might find a lot of programmers who might know uh, what that language is but obviously all of these legacy they find it hard to migrate that to slightly more modern languages that you are going to easily find developers. So in this particular case, I have had clients where they might be on AS400 and there is no logical reason why they are on AS400. And sometimes they need to pay $300 an hour, $400 an hour, to pay to those COBOL developers, because right now you are not going to find very many people who really understand you know how AS400 works so they can charge whatever they want. And that is the challenge that you are going to get let's say you are on gp you are going to pay 2x on very 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 old system it's like you are trying to maintain a car that nobody wants in the world you are the only one who's riding it so so you have to pay the price and you know there is no logical reason why you should be uh, on this system as such unless you are super frightened that move is probably uh, going to be very disruptive for your business so in general you should be paying attention to the programming languages which language uh, the system is using, and if there are any other uh, you know, developers in the market or systems in the market that might be using the uh, programming languages, that should be a factor when you are trying to evaluate. Now, when they acquired, they were, as uh, it's very clearly pointed out here, that they were on C3. Uh, Microsoft actually migrated them to Microsoft SQL Server databases. If you're on Microsoft SQL Server, there are a lot of different systems that are running in the market, so you have nothing to worry about as long as you are getting Microsoft SQL Server. It's not going to be as capable as SAP HANA, but still it's Microsoft right. SQL Server that is still running the mission critical load. And 90 percent of the systems are probably ERP systems are probably running on Microsoft yeah. uh, as far as I know.
4: It's, it says Pervasive. Do they, are they currently deployed on Pervasive as well? Pervasive?
2: not. Which is the new version of vTree? It says previous versions were compatible. So I don't know if they oh, Okay. Use- so it's probably an
4: older version, a probably clean SQL now. Microsoft SQL.
2: Okay. Yes. 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 I do know right. if some Microsoft- no,
4: previous versions, right? Okay.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And Business Central uses a very new language called AL language. Uh, it's very new. It's very modern. It's different, but at least that uses the modern framework. You are going to have the modern development tools. You are going to have development community that is going to be super passionate about this programming language, uh, you know, compared to your dexterity. Now, there have been a lot of conversations about the lifecycle and when Microsoft is going to pull the plug. Uh, You know, they have been very clear when they announced, I believe, in 2018, that they wanted to go really hard on cloud market. They changed their channel. uh, You know, they changed their comp strategy the way they wanted to really approach the market. And at that time, they announced that, you know, this is how your distribution model is going to look for cloud. Uh, they had very price-based approach for uh, distributing the price. The Microsoft is probably the only that I know of who has the real consumption-based model. Okay, there are a lot of companies that talk about consumption-based model, but here in case of Microsoft, you can literally buy three licenses as of today. And tomorrow, let's say if you need two, you can take off that okay that's what is the real meaning of consumption consumption does not mean that even if you are going to be on the transaction based system that could be consumption based but you are still signing the contract for three with the company so you are locked when you are going to be signing the contract but in case of in the case of microsoft they are the only ones who are probably doing the prorated in other cases you might be able to negotiate it out when you are going to be working with the vendor there might be a possibility but they don't have crystal clear rules Uh, you know, when they are going to be signing up the contract that, okay, you can take out the license at any point of time, and this is going to be used whatever you like. We are not going to charge you when your seats are going to, which is a far fairer model than a lot of companies who are trying to market very aggressively that they are only concerned. Now, one of the, sorry, uh, anybody had any comment? Okay. So they had made, or they have made a lot of announcements about Dynamic CP going end of life. This is what a lot of OEMs do. They are going to announce, and they are going to sense uh, how the community is going to react. Okay, and if you have community as large as GP, <laughs> you know the backlash is going to be slightly frightening because obviously, what Microsoft does not want—they don't want to lose all of those 40,000 customers—and <laughs> they can't, uh, they cannot afford to uh, lose them for, let's say, for SAP or or Oracle. So obviously, they need to be slightly more gentle. So they are trying to extend line and slowly and gradually moving those customers to other uh, you know, cloud-native systems, that is going to be either Business Central. Uh, they are going to be incentivizing the customers to move to Business The pricing is going to be friendly. They might give you a lot of discount if you actually moved to cloud. But if you are still going to remain on GP, there is going to be a time when they are going to pull the plug. And sometimes they might not even announce that because of the past backlash that they have already faced. So you are already in the waiting game when they are going to pull the plug. So I don't know why you would wait or why you would buy the GP license, it would not make uh, in 2022, because they don't have a clear cloud strategy for GP, even though you might see during the demo that it looks like cloud when you are going to look at GP, but it is only going to be lifted and checked, and we are going to be talking about the difference. It's not really as cloud native as your business central system, which is re-architected, rewritten, reprogrammed as the cloud native system. Your GP is not going to be that, gp is delivered over web okay you will not be able to spot the difference if you don't have the programming background but if somebody knows anything about cloud native they can uh, by looking at the screen and by comparing these so in case of gp obviously it's not re-architected redesigned. it's 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 very on prem. Uh, typically it is going to be hosted by partners but now i guess microsoft is doing that as well so but again uh, i don't think they are ever going to re-architect This system, because, you know, from the strategy perspective, it would not make a ton of sense. And so far, they have not announced that. So, again, if you are buying a new system, I just don't see a reason why you would go for GP. And uh, if you're waiting on GP, what are you waiting for? Uh, You should probably move out of right now. Okay. Any comments? I can take those. I was
3: just going to ask, Sam, have they not pushed that date back a couple times already since they've been talking about it? I saw that now it's 28. But I've seen a couple different reports that they just keep on hedging that number.
2: And they'll keep pushing until there is, you know, so they are going to be looking at, okay, how many customers do I have today? So maybe today I have 40,000. I was able to incentivize, let's say, 10,000 to move to, uh, you know, even NAV or some other system. So now I have maybe as of today, I have 20,000 or 10,000 or 500. Obviously, if I have 500, how much backlash am I going to get? So I'm just simply going to pull the plug okay, go figure it out. I don't care now because now I have 500 customers. So that's how companies think irrespective of whether they are going to announce or whether they are delaying. The only reason why they are delaying right now is because the customers are not willing to move from GP at this point of time. They are still on GP. Uh, There is a substantial majority of the customer that is still sitting on GP. So they have no choice but to extend because Obviously, their goal is not to lose Their goal is to educate them. But, you know, if somebody is simply not willing to move, then what can they do? They cannot.
3: I think it strengthens your point that they've been moving the date, that all of a sudden, you know, the, the future comes slowly, then all of a sudden. So, you know, the next thing, like you say, at some point, they're going to
2: say, we told you. Exactly. I mean, that's how companies operate, right? So either you, and and by the way, I mean, this is, everybody sort of hated SAP when SAP announced 2020. Okay, literally everybody. You, know, you cannot do that. It's just too powerful. SAP is not- <laughs> but SAP is the only company that was really expressed. And that's how companies should operate. But if customers are not really willing to listen to them, what can companies do? They'll kill silently. So it's really up to you <laughs> whether you want to listen to the truth or not. Uh, you want to hear the truth or not. So in my case, I would rather be very upfront with the companies. Hey, tell me the date. Okay, <laughs> so that I can plan accordingly. Otherwise, I don't know why you would want to live in the dark. Any other comments guys okay so here they have already pushed until uh you know 2028 that is very clear and they are still releasing the support and the taxes and the regulatory packages uh, on the recent release the recent release was announced in november 2021 which is the 2018 r2 release uh, and they are still doing all of the bug fixes they are doing a little bit of functionality release as well uh, but it's nothing major as such. They are simply watching. Okay, what are customers complaining? If they are really sort of stuck in using the product, obviously they are going to work on those. Uh, but as such, the development is not as aggressive as you are going to find in some of the other systems. That is going to be your uh, Microsoft Dynamics NAV. If you want to stay in Microsoft ecosystem, or you can move to some somewhere. Else, uh, the the products that have clear direction. From the OEM that they are trying here, they are saying if your Dynamics GP solution is governed by modern lifecycle, uh, again, as Microsoft has very clear guideline, the way they release the product, uh, some companies don't do that as they are not as expressive as my, Microsoft has very clear guideline, uh, you know, in terms of the releases, in terms of the announcement for the product support, and they have a date that they are trying to. In that way, Microsoft is a very fair company from the product perspective. This is what I like to see in the product releases, Uh, but not every company does this, especially if they are not going to be as big as mine. Now, when you look at these screens, so this is the uh, screenshot that we have taken from one of the YouTube video. Uh, And here, if you actually look at this, one of the perception that you are going to get is, okay, I have my financial sales purchasing and I have inventory, HR, payroll, manufacturing, project, field service. Awesome. This is the ERP that I want to get because I have everything. (laughs) <laughs> now the problem is in details okay and sometimes it's confusing for me as well okay so again tell me how GP is different from fno and why am i paying more for fno when you look at the functionality the way information architecture is of the product the base screens are the base data structure, okay that's where the real differentiation is from the product design perspective from the product architecture perspective a product is designed to handle a specific transaction workload, that's how IT products work, <laughs> okay? You are not supposed to be putting, let's say, you know, eight people in a very small car, you know, it's not designed to um, You might be able to pull it off a couple of times, but uh, that's not fair to the car, I guess. Uh, that's how ERP systems work. So in case of GP, obviously, it's a very small solution. Now, overall, from the feature perspective, if you are taking the checklist approach for your ERP selection, <laughs> GP might be able to match pretty much everything. So if you are taking the traditional approach for selection, you are probably going to be confused. Okay, again, why is GP different and how is GP different from your FNO? It could be very confusing overall when you are simply comparing the functionality. The real differentiation is in the product design, the information model. That's where the real differentiation is. Okay, it is not really in the functions and features unless you are trying to visualize the workflow, how a specific feature is going to be implemented for you and whether the solution can do that or not. And that requires far deeper analysis than simply checking the boxes uh, on a spreadsheet. So here, obviously, you are going to find tons and tons and tons of options in uh, overall from the reporting perspective. But that's how, uh, at least if you look at the mainstream vendors, for example, SAP, if you look at uh, Sage, they are all going to have Very deep reporting capabilities on top of your accounting. They are going to have very deep accounting capabilities. They are probably going to have very deep procurement cap. Okay, but they struggle for the other operational capabilities, and that's where, let's say, if you are in the manufacturing distribution, you need far deeper supply chain, manufacturing capability if you are trying to buy for that. Now, uh, let's look at some of the uh, you know these screens. And here, if you actually look at the screen again, it's very, very, very hard to find the difference. Okay. How is GP different from your NetSuite and Acumatica? Because you can see all of that here, right? If you're going to compare, going to be comparing NetSuite, let's say with the GP screen, it's very, very, very hard to spot the difference because you are going to have the similar number of fields that you are probably going to find in NetSuite. But if you actually pay attention to detail, okay? So here, number one thing that I would like to highlight here is this is a very well-designed system. The way information is architected In this specific system, the reason for that is because, you know, number one, Microsoft acquired them. So obviously they must be very credible developers. Uh, Here, Microsoft is maintaining that and Microsoft is no doubt very good at development. So, you know, you are buying a really good product. Now, if you are going to buy this product from a mom and pop shop that is doing the development, typically the information architecture is going to look all over. So here, I will tell you a couple of things that you need to pay. For example, let's say if you look at the ship tools, the build tools. so this is the one to end scenario where you are probably going to have multiple ship tools and build tools, and this is where the differentiation is when you look at the baby erp versus the bigger erp one to end scenario is where the differentiation. for example let's say if you compare gp with your nav or fno one of the areas that they are going to struggle is going to be and i don't know if this is going to be true in case of gp or nav or not but when you grow and you are a much larger company, then what you cannot do is you cannot have that one-to-one-to-one approach, meaning you are going to close the order, then you are going to cut the shipment, then you are going to uh, you know close the invoice. Typically, these smaller companies are okay with that. But once you grow at a point, then you need to decouple this process. You need to analyze each of the in-separation and you need to have the process model for each of the process steps. And that's where the bigger systems really shine. Okay? Some systems are going to be really, really good at one-to-end process. Some systems are not going to be as good. And typically those are very small systems because they are designed for very small operation. They are going to say, hey, uh, in Acumatica, I can close the sales order in one click. (laughs) Because the only thing they are trying to show is they are trying to show one-to-one scenario. In most cases, that's not the case. If you are looking at bigger companies, once you scale, you need to decouple each of these steps. You need to analyze them in isolation, and you need to figure out, okay, what is the best way of optimizing this process step? What can I do to make sure this process is going to be efficient? And if you are going to be using a smaller system, obviously they are going to struggle with those one-to-n scenarios. Uh, the other, uh, you know, challenges that you are going to see, I, one of the most highlighted challenge that you will hear in the GP versus NAV community or the conversation, the way their chart of accounts are uh, structured, they are not as scalable as some of the, the larger systems. The other differentiation that you are going to find in GP versus NAV is going to be NAV is a very localized and globalized system that I always talk about and the difference between a localized and globalized system is going to be the way your reporting is done, okay? Typically, when you are going to be doing the reporting and then you are trying to support multiple, most likely you need to keep your books and multiple currencies, you need to compare the transactions in multiple currency, your reporting currency is going to be different. Now, in the smaller system, you are probably not gonna find all of those, okay? So that's where the differentiation is when we look at uh, the smaller versus the, the larger system. But overall, if you compare the customer screen, you know you have uh, roughly what four tabs here, you know it has all of the information that you probably would need uh, you know for your business to cut your uh, invoices or sales orders or the purchase orders. So sometimes it could be very confusing overall why you need more than GP. but again, if you really analyze your process and you uh, try to sort of design it the way, uh, bigger systems can handle then you can gain real efficiency in your process but that requires far deeper analysis of your process for, and then the implementation okay i can take any comments guys uh otherwise i can move to the next one that
4: previous screen one of the fields was fax is that a still a common tool used Andy,
2: minor the point uh to be honest i mean you can have that but this is a old system uh, sure. they probably are carrying yeah
4: no big deal i, uh, I know. i was just curious Maybe there yeah. maybe
2: I think there still are some companies that use fax. There are. There are. You'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Any other comments, guys? Okay. Here, let's look at the item screen. An item screen is typically, you know, the rocket science says honestly, well, when you talk about the real manufacturing. Okay. Item is where the day your SKUs are going to be designed. That is going to drive your planning. That is going to drive your MRP process. That is going to drive your SNOP. Process. That is going to drive your entire supply chain. And typically, the problem, the first person, the problem is going to note, is going to notice, is going to be the buyers. Okay, they are the first ones. In the rest of the people accounting, typically fine, no problem whatsoever. Sales, they are okay. They can figure out things on the spreadsheet. But the real pain, if somebody has in the company, that is always going to be that supply chain person or the planner, because they need to look at everything. And one of the things, if your inventory is, uh, you know, going to be off, is going to be your due dates are going to be off. Okay, Uh, and then they have to do a lot of competition on the spreadsheet to figure out, Okay, they need to order this on time so they will be living on the spreadsheet. Uh, And if you have too many buyers, obviously, they all are going to have their own processes Uh, and then inventory and the bombs are not going to be aligned. Sometimes that is because of the the underlying limitations of the system. The other times it could be because, uh, you know, of the way it is implemented. So here, if you look at the item screen, again, our analysis right now is that GP is more of the accounting system. Uh, It has a little bit of distribution functionality. It's not as strong in distribution. And that's what you are going to see on the item screen. So here, one of the things that you would notice, if you look at other systems such as, uh, you will not find these things such as sales inventory. That's a very specific term for the distribution system because then you are going to have the sales, the purchasing inventory, the manufacturing systems are typically they are not going at least I have not seen uh, because in general manufacturing systems are slightly more operation centric they are not as sales centric so that's the real differentiator overall in a distribution system versus the manufacturing Uh, here they also have the valuation method Uh, it's a very deep accounting system so obviously even though the size of gp system is very small but here they have very deep valuation methods that you would find Uh, you know, in a very strong accounting system. But, you know, again, your operational functionality is missing. But overall, from the accounting perspective, uh, you are going to be covered. The other, again, here, if you look at some of these screens, the only thing you really have is the options, accounts, and suggest items. You don't really have the, the thick functionality that you would expect, Uh, in much larger system when you are running very deep supply chain, very deep operation, very deep manufacturing. Uh, That is something I could not see here. Now, again, if you look at these functions, sometimes that could feel overwhelming that it has too much. I probably don't need all of this. (laughs) Okay, and that's the beauty of ERP systems because most of the demos, when you are going to look at the demos, even of these smaller systems, sometimes it's going to come across as very, very alarming because you are going to see a lot of different features and these are typically reports. Uh, so these systems are going to support a lot of reports, uh, but they are not going to have the real bells and whistles that you are going to need for your supply chain of, uh, as well as uh, you know for your planning. Uh, here, for example, let's say, if you look at item kits, bill of materials, now the bill of materials functionality is going to be very light. Each of the distribution system, they are going to have bill of material. Every system has bill of material, uh, but again, they cannot really do the kind of you know manufacturing required Uh, the bill of material. So here, let's say if you're light manufacturing, you are a distribution company, you are probably going to be okay. But if you are uh, really strong in in operation and the manufacturing, then probably it will not work. Uh, Here, the other thing to note is the item resource planning and the site resource planning. Again, these are very distribution. Okay, so typically in the manufacturing world, you have the material resource planning and you have the distribution resource planning. So a lot of distribution systems use distribution terms. Okay, we are going to call it as DRP. But now, if you look at the item resource planning and the site resource planning, the way it is worded, it comes across as if this is for the distribution system. So these are the things that you should be paying attention to when you are evaluating the ERP system to understand the difference, whether it is designed to be more of the distribution system or is it really a manufacturing? So this is where the real differentiation is of these things. Uh, obviously, you have landed cost and cost growth. That is probably going to be, that is slightly more advanced functionality for a system like GP. So if GP is doing that, kudos to them. Um, they also have uh, some more advanced features such as, you know, your lots and serial number. And most of the companies, even the smaller ones, they are probably going to require that. So even the smaller systems are probably going to support Uh, All of that, and that is probably going to be part of the checklist. So, uh, you know, each of these will have that. Okay. So, here is the newer screen uh, that is coming from Microsoft itself. So, obviously, now if you actually pay attention to the screen, the best way to find out whether it is the cloud native system or whether it is the on prem system would be pay attention to the way the icons are structured. If icons actually feel like they are slightly more IE5, IE77 then you are probably looking at lifted and shifted, uh, you know, system. So here, as you can see, home, financial, uh, you know, so as you can see the layout, it's very outlook centric, the older outlook. So obviously it is rendered in the web. Uh, You have a bunch of nice looking tables because they have changed the colors, but changing the colors does not change the underlying code. (laughs) So, uh, you know, colors are great. I mean, the appearance is going to look as if it is modern, but it is designed to be as the cloud. OK, so lift? so lift and shift is going to be when you are not going to be designing the system from the ground up as the cloud native, you are simply putting the the code base that you have and you are simply porting over web and it's going to work in web. So from your perspective, you're going to feel anything that is on web is probably going to be cloud and I am going, getting the subscription rising. So from your perspective, there is no difference. But as such, the underlying code makes all the difference in a cloud-native system versus a system that is going to Okay, now the degree of lifted and shifted is going to be questionable as well. Some systems were designed from scratch. They are cloud-native. Some systems are sort of in between, most of them. <laughs> okay, uh, but some systems are never going to get any cloud-native functionality because they are not part of the... A strategic priority for the OEM. In case of GP, they are trying to please the customer because they are asking for it. They have the web version, but this is this system is never going to be architected as far as my understanding goes of Microsoft strategy. Maybe they are going to change that. Uh, but you know, I don't think they are ever going to redesign, re-architect, make it cloud native the way other systems are going to be, such as your Microsoft Business Central uh, or uh, any anything else, for example, SAP business by design. NetSuite, decamatica obviously they are all uh, they have been re-architected uh, as the cloud native system
0: hey Sam, I've got a question for you I, when when you have a system that is uh you know back to your point of of the uh lifted into the cloud does that make does that make the transaction side more process heavy or is there any impact on the on the the processing power because of that particular development versus Cloud native. Uh, I, I understand the UI portion. I'm curious on the processing power and if there's any, uh, you know, issues from a transaction standpoint.
2: You might not feel the difference, to be honest. Uh, from the depending on, see, typically that is going to be dependent upon how heavy the database is in the background. Okay. Uh, typically, processing is going to be based on the capacity of the database, and that's the reason why SAP has an upline. Uh, because they are running one of the strongest workloads. So database matters a lot overall in terms of uh, the thickness of the transaction. What kind of transactions can you process? So the smaller systems, as we all know, when we looked at some of the smaller systems, they try to take the shortcut. They are going to flatten the information model. And the only reason why they are flattening the information model is because your database cannot process that long string (laughs) transaction. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to break in between, you are going to get a lot of errors. So they are yeah. trying to shorten that by you know many different means. But overall, uh, typically database is where you are going to see the real performance improvement. You will see minor issues overall, but when you are going to use it, because your business systems are designed for that business user, and even if there is going to be a slight difference in the performance of the system, they are not going to be motivated we all know, let's say if my internet breaks two times in a day, <laughs> I'm not going to be motivated to work, to be honest. So systems typically have very psychological impact on, <laughs> on your mind. So when you look at the efficiency and productivity, it goes far deeper than simply looking at these performance. But I'm not too sure if there is going to be a sort of the transactional difference. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not too sure. But you are going to find the differences when you are going to use the system because the technology is not designed for that form factor. The form factor yeah. is different. I,
0: I think that's a great point. I mean, everybody probably has seen situations like that unfold where, you know, one part of the process is not working or a system doesn't function as, as you know, a user intends. And so they ultimately find a workaround in that. And, you know, that's how we get, <laughs> that's how we get, uh, you know, process migration, so. Thanks for answering. Of course,
2: Uh, anything else guys? Uh, Okay, so I'm actually going to move to the next one. And here, uh, if you actually pay attention to this screen, so here, as you can see, it is ported on the web. We can very clearly see, uh, again, if you are going to compare this with Acumatica, uh, you are going to feel, okay, this is pretty, very similar to Acumatica. Uh, Okay, so how is it different again? Saying it is not cloud, but for me, as the buyer, it looks same. So here I am going to have these styles. This is how your Netsuite, Acumatica, you know, the cloud native, the Sage tech are probably going to appear. You have really, really pretty color, really bright. <laughs> so obviously, you know, you are going to feel that this is probably new. But as such, you the underlying code you will not know unless you have the uh, in the cloud native. It's so very, very hard to spot that difference. In fact, the menu, if you actually look on the left side, it looks very fancy. Uh, Even for me, it's going to be really hard unless, uh, you know, I do my research, but this is how pretty are lifted and shipped. Okay, so this is what you are going to see in the demo, and you are going to be blown away. (laughs) Okay, Uh, a system cannot be prettier than this, I can guarantee us. Okay, (laughs) so here, this is the Power BI interface, okay, sitting on top of your, uh, on top of your GP, and this is the first screen that you are going to see in your demos okay and obviously power bi is cloud native platform you can see the difference between the previous screen and this screen there is a difference because this is the cloud native system the fonts are going to be very different the way these screens are rendering is going to be very different. it's a cloud native system it's designed to be cloud native It's programmed to be cloud native that's why it is looking so pretty and so organized and so so this is what you are going to see and this is what most vendors are doing in the market they have some sort of power bi that is sitting on top of your core app. And in the demo, you are probably going to see this. Half of the demo time is going to be spent on these screens. And then finally, the real ER Uh And they are going to say, okay, these are not as pretty. That's okay. But, you know, you are probably going to be working on the dashboards. But that's not true at all.
4: Is Power BI included
2: with GP or is it separate? So typically, Power BI, as far as my understanding of Microsoft ecosystem goes, they like to throw Power BI as part of your... SQL Server license, so Power BI is going to be free, uh, you know. And by the way, the other difference you are going to see is going to be in the contract, is where the the truth lies. When you are going to detect whether it is going to be, uh, you know, uh, cloud native on-prem. So in the contract, in case of Microsoft GP, you are going to be paying separate license fee for SQL Server. I don't know if they have a subscription model at this point of time, but traditionally GP required you to pay for SQL Server license. Now. If you go to SAP Business One, SAP required you to pay for SQL Server license when they were trying to sell the on-prem license because now you are actually buying from another vendor. In case of SAP, it's very crystal clear. They cannot bundle as part of the same uh, you know, license because you are buying from Microsoft. In case of Microsoft, they can technically do this because you are buying from the same vendor. So it gets very hard. But in contract, you can find the, So when you require the SQL Server license, what that means is that's probably on-prem. Uh, You know, it's not really cloud native. Otherwise, you will never have to buy SQL Server license uh, in the cloud native world. Okay, so now we are going to look at some of the reviews to vet what we have, uh, you know, noted so far and reviews is where you are going to find the real. If you actually pay attention, uh, you know, again, you need to pay attention to details. You need to look at the size of the company, date, who is reviewing, what is the credential of the the buyer who is reviewing, and what kind of details are they. Don't worry about the ratings. They don't mean anything. Okay look at the details of the reviews yeah yeah so here uh you know this is from a very trusted site it's called uh i think it's called trust radius and that is the only one which i trust because they do verify the reviews at least they claim and from my experience the reviews that i have seen from them they seem slightly better than the other side in general so here the company that we are looking at is going to be the hospital and healthcare and that is the 11 to 50 employees and this I call as the non-ERP because they don't require as deep operational functionality because their operational needs are going to be so off that they are probably going to require another system anyways, and they are not going to find the uh, the, op- the one ERP that can do it all for them. It's very rare, uh, you know to find that. So here, this is the hospital and healthcare space. They are looking at 11 to 50 employees. It, uh, she's saying small business friendly. So now let's look at wh- how she is using So here she is saying, we use dynamic GP in our accounting finance department. Pay attention to that. Only accounting in finance, okay? You are not going to find in any review, even by the manufacturer, where it has been used anywhere else other than accounting, maybe in purchasing, but that's it, okay? So that's what speaks for the volume for a system, how it is being used inside the company. So here they are saying it is used for, uh, processing payroll, great, you know, payroll, again, these systems are going to have very strong payroll component, because the industries that they are working in, you know, they require very deep payroll functionality, because they are very human centric organization. Uh, if you look at hospital healthcare, so they need very deep payroll, they need tables. they need invoicing, receivables, and uh, uh, reconciliation are state. Now, the W2 printing is what she's talking about. Here, they are saying employee management is made very simple with all the information you can store in GP, again talking about employee. Then she's talking about AP clerk related to AP. Here they are uh, saying very well suited for a small company that needs all in one software. Even though she's saying all in one software, that all is not all. Okay. <laughs> we are able to use it for payroll, HR, benefits tracking, payables, receivables. That is barely accounting, guy Okay. So that is not all. They are using only for accounting. Now let's look at the second review. Here, this is the second one. So here, this is coming from the accounting. We have 51 to 200 employees, which could be great. It's a much larger company. And a lot of ERP vendors might claim that, you know what, my solution has been installed in a company that has 200 employees. Now let's look at the reviews, how it has been used. So if you're using it only for the accounting, that's not the real use of the ERP. Okay, if you're going to have very deep operational needs, you can't compare your need with this company, even though it could be larger, but they are really using it for accounting. So here they are saying we use Microsoft Dynamics GP for accounts payable, receivable, accounting, reporting. And typically accounting is going to be easier than when you get into the real supply chain planning, uh, manufacturing scenarios, that's where the real complexity overall from the implementation perspective. Accounting is typically going to be the easiest they can figure things out. Uh, You know, you don't really have as much of the gains in the accounting department in general. Uh, And typically finance people are really good at sort of making them productive. (laughs) So you are never going to, um, accounting is always going to be slightly, just because that's the foundation uh, of the ERP system. Now, let's look at some more reviews. Here, uh, this is the manufacturing company. uh, The Sam, I
3: was just going to add on that on accounting. Accounting processes are also tend to be well-defined. Their their gap processes, their processes that are pretty standard and defined. Some of those other things, the business process definition is a big part of the lift, right?
2: Exactly, and you know, typically the people who have been doing accountings for a while, they sort of understand, you know, how to how to optimize themselves. They know their way around, and obviously there are going to be a million ways to do the accounting, uh, but then you need to be compliant with the guidelines as well. But as such, again. In the finance department, unless you are a very big company, it's very, very efficiencies. That's why accountants, you know, who are slightly more strategic, they tend to focus more on the inventory sales uh, because there is only so much you can do from the account. So here, uh, this is the manufacturing company, And I was really excited to review this. I'm like, OK, when I look at the screen, GP had everything. OK, so this should work for any company. Right? Any manufacturing. So I'm looking at, okay, what is my manufacturing? Okay, this is true for your business central product as well, which is a very distribution centric. So here they are saying Dynamic GP is the ERP, MRP solution for a client with over 100 employees. Now, when you are going to read that line, you are going to say, okay, Dynamic GP is working for a manufacturing company that has 100 employees. What more can you expect from a small system? Now, let's look at the, the the other details. So here they are saying, they have 25 GP users. We use the manufacturing module in addition to the sales inventory and back office function. It is the accounting program for the whole company. There is a conflict right there, okay? They are saying, first they are saying, you know, it's for everything, but then he is saying it's the accounting program. And then as a manufacturer, it is responsible for bill of materials, logistics, planning, ordering, and general ledger. Now, even though it is saying bill of materials, logistics, I don't think they are doing the supply chain planning. I would say a hundred-person company would probably have decent supply chain workflow. They might have multiple warehouses where they might be doing a, a lot of uh, you know transfers, depending upon what kind of product they are selling. But it should be much harder left to be able to do that in GP. So here, let's look at the pros and cons now. The logistics might be just like an interface GPS, or <laughs> that, that, That's a possibility, Andy. That, that's that's all, a you, b- know, you know how it
4: is, right? It's amazing how, how
2: one word can be interpreted a thousand ways. In exactly, exactly. So here, let's look at the pros. So pros, he's saying, great planes started as the back of Accounting, that's our interest wall. So he's right that, you know, it started as the back office. Accounting. Now, uh, some of the other things. Communication from Microsoft about future of GP as they continue to promote Business Central and Dynamics 365, confusion and concern among users and partners about how long GP will get first level support and development. And that's a fair concern guys. okay? Uh, obviously Microsoft is trying to push, they are trying their best <laughs> to move you in the right direction. But if you are not willing to be moved, then you know God can help you. Uh, that's all I can say right now. Sam, uh, this this uh,
4: review is three years old or almost three years old. Do you think that there has been any evolution to the GP product since then that may alleviate some of these?
2: They are doing a little bit. So what they are doing is they are doing the fixes. They are doing the regulatory support. Obviously, they don't want any customers to be in legal trouble uh, because of non-compliance that Microsoft cannot afford to have uh, negative, uh, you know, PR in the market. That's why they have to comply from the regulatory perspective. So they are going to be doing all of the regulatory fixes. They are going to be doing all the tax fixes. They are going to be doing the bare minimum product fixes. That is not going to stop people from finding their their payroll. (laughs) So they are doing all of that, but obviously the development is not going to be as aggressive as uh, some of the other cloud native. Okay, so the web client, so now Dave, pay attention to this comment. I think this is where you are. So this is coming from the user. So he's saying the web client, flat out sucks you will need rds or CTREX to support remote users if you stick with desktop client it enormously increases your workload as every update requires you update every client rds is the way to go just to simply the update procedure but rds is an okay so there is pricing implication here uh i don't know how the web client is rendered but typically you are going to require some sort of c So as I said, you know, it's, a, it's almost like a display the way c technology works, right? Uh, so they are simply trying to sort of broadcast that's what you are sort of using. You know, it, C-Tricks technology itself has improved significantly. That's why you sort of don't feel the difference but as such, from the pricing perspective, there is no shortcut. So you have to pay for the additional license. And then, you know, you are also going to see issues.
0: Yeah, I, I worked in a system um, that was uh, uh, it was very similar in infrastructure. And, and there were some performance issues directly tied to the uh, to the RDS. Um, so I, I now I kind of see how that ties together so <laughs> thank you <laughs>
2: but in some cases you know you might not require ideas because you know there are ways to do lifting and shit and people are becoming really smart because obviously uh in buyers are becoming really smart they can figure these things out so now they need to find other ways <laughs> of selling that
0: yeah So yeah the system i w- it, it was an efi system it was an older system so but yeah diff- diff- different uh you yeah.
2: Yeah, so here, uh, you know, the other uh, review here, they are saying you also have to understand that GP started life as great planes designed for accountants. The other, other modules were added on after Microsoft bought great planes. Modules like manufacturing are red-headed step children with much smaller support ecosystem. Okay, so so he's being very clear there that it's not really designed for the manufacturing is really the stepchild. Uh, so if you are starting fresh, you may want to look at something built for the mobile world. And that's where the other difference is. When you are going to look at the Salesforce experience on mobile, that's the your cloud native Okay? So if you use Salesforce, and if you're going to use any other thing, and most of the ERP system, they are probably going to have the browser-based experience. They are not going to have a real app. Okay? That's where you can find out whether that is a legacy or it is going to be a cloud native system. That's a real differentiator. Most, the, the older ones, I mean, now they are getting smarter than that too. <laughs> they are trying to create a separate app, okay? That's not going to have the same look and feel as your product. It's going to be a completely separate app that is going to go through your API. So your underlying code is still very legacy, but they are simply trying to create an app on top of that. So it's very hard to find from... Uh, so good luck with that. I mean, companies are becoming really... Uh, <laughs> um, so, here they are saying it. Uh, if I was starting today, I would be hard pressed to justify jumping into GP in a world where Salesforce ties in with so many programs. GP has MRP, uh, but it is limited. So, this is where we are talking about the limitation of MRP. So, it's hard to justify a manufacturer starting with GP today, which is why it right is wall. This is really a distributed system. So, if you are in those industries, then GP may work fine. But I uh, have to agree with this guy. Why would you start on? Okay, so some more reviews. So here they are saying, uh, this is in 2019, GP is good until it is known. Uh, obviously, sometimes when salespeople are going to come to you, you are going to feel threatened that they are trying to push a new software uh, because they are trying to make money. GP was far cheaper. Nav is going to be far more expensive. So <laughs> why you are moving, but sometimes people are good as well because they are trying to help you uh, in a way. So uh, you probably should be moving there. So here, Uh, Again, this is a hospital and healthcare company. Now, guys, 500 to 1,000 employees, okay, in this company, that's a big deal. But if you are using only for accounting, you can use an ERP system that could be a desktop app for that large organization. The real challenge is going to be when you are going to increase the thickness of the transaction. And typically, the thickness of the transaction will increase when the transaction goes from your pre to sales, to operations, to, to warehouse, then to your accounting. That's where the real test is of the system. If you are doing four functions in the accounting, most systems can do that. And But your real efficiencies are going to be in your operations. That's going to be in your planning. Accounting, you don't make money in accounting. Nobody made money in accounting unless you are an accountant and trying to charge somebody else. That's a different case. So here, Microsoft GP is used for all accounting and finance, bookkeeping and processing. Only finance uses GP, but the other departments use another medical billing software and that is their operational system okay so they are using something else to do their billing invoicing the customer handling whatever they are trying to do and then finally all the gls are going to come to the gp so they are using it as the. you can run your business on quickbooks even if you are going to be 100 million you know 500 million dollars uh, because if you are doing simply accounting, you can probably do that. But when you are going to be extending your time, that's where the real test of the ERP system is going to be. It does not always communicate with other valuable programs. Obviously, that is going to be a challenge. Uh, the program can glitch and will sometimes freeze from time to time. Uh, again, the system is small, so obviously you are going to face those challenges when you are trying to kill it with the workload it is not designed for. Here, this review is coming from the manufacturing company as well. Uh, Here, they have roughly, what, 200 to 500 employees. And let's see if they are using it for the manufacturing. He's saying dynamic GP is being used across our organization. We are using the system for accounting and inventory. Typically, distribution systems are going to be very strong in the inventory process. They are not going to be as strong with the MRP uh, in the manufacturing process, but they will have very deep inventory functionality because most distributors require far deeper inventory functionality then most manufacturers their needs are going to be different. but overall the inventory functionality the snop planning functionality is probably going to be far richer overall in the distribution systems so here they are saying we are using the system for accounting and inventory uh, track and manage inventory transaction management quotes, orders uh, invoices integration with other systems uh, now let's look at some of the other comments it is very limited with services such as rental management now bigger erp systems are probably going to have that process, even some of the smaller to mid-market uh, you know, ERP system. But this is where the real test is, whether you can support the rental business as part of your ERP or not. Some larger ones, upper to mid-market ones may support that. The smaller ones are probably not going to have. We are unable to track rental inventory and create rental contracts. But in general, the rental leasing is a very complex business process. So anybody who's in that industry, they are probably not going to find any, uh, you know, that is going to be mainstream. So they need to go for something like ep because anyways, the only thing they can find from the ERP perspective is probably going to be the accounting. They have to have either the homegrown system or another system that is designed for their industry. So if you are in those industries, then it's a different case. But if you are a mainstream ERP industry, then you should be finding something that is already tested and proven in the market. So I will just go with the last slide and then we can take some short comments. So here, this is also the real estate company Real estate is a great example, guys. Uh, I call that as very non-ERP industry. You're not going to find much overall from the ERP perspective in that industry. So most companies, what they do, they are probably going to have Salesforce. They are going to have an accounting system. And then they are trying to manage all of their processes. Somehow, you know, either custom built or they are trying to get some sort of real That's how they manage. But here, they are doing it for sales production, profit loss, uh, accounting statements, and for inventory control of science and other needed materials. Uh, real estate companies are going to have a little bit of uh, your uh, inventory processes, but the inventory processes are not going to be as strong as your distribution, because that's their bread and butter. It is used across the whole organization, but users are managed by individual department. Pros and cons, inventory and supply chain management, uh, project analytics, and sales management. So here, this person is saying it is well-suited for small to medium-sized sales and supply forces. I can't see larger companies uh using this uh but perhaps i'm mistaken he's actually right uh that the larger companies are probably going to struggle uh here this is also the retail company now in this case we have 200 to 500 and we'll see if this is being used by the re- retail company so here they are saying dynamic gp as a supplemental general ledger software to to coincide with our POS software horizon retail solution and this is going to be uh you know have very thick pos functionality it's going to be similar to your bright world that's what a lot of retail companies do is they uh, they are going to simply utilize either the pos system or the e-commerce system that is going to have far thicker you know front end processing but then it's not going to be a real erp you are still going to struggle with the real erp scenario but this could be okay for a very small company Uh, if they are simply trying to buy a pos that is really rich uh, it might have a lot of functionality and then you have accounting system that is simply doing the accounting for you. But the operations is completely... So we had a nightly feed uh, sent from Horizon into Dynamics GP to track our accounting in our general ledger. Currently, we are still paying license fee to have access to historical GL detail. So this is they did something, they moved from EP, So you have to pay for the historical license because you want to keep that life And then uh, they are saying, as a Microsoft product, it's integrated closely with Excel. Guys, this is a very important point. A lot of people feel that. Microsoft is going to have the best integration for Excel. That's not true at all. Uh, you know, a lot of other systems in the market they have far superior integration. Microsoft typically struggles. In fact, NEP is not the the product that is most integrated with Excel. You are not going to find a very intuitive button on uh, Excel, and sometimes you might require an add-on. So just because Microsoft is saying you know Microsoft products integrates very well in the Microsoft ecosystem, that's not true at all. There are systems that can do far better uh, with Microsoft products. Um, So as as it integrates closely with Excel, every report can be easily exported to Excel. Uh, But guys, pay attention to the term report. Uh, In a lot of different ERP systems, you can literally dump your screen in a spreadsheet if you want to do Here, he is saying report. Any system out there, any ERP system can do report to Excel. That's very easy, okay? When you have the data in the report form, but dumping the whole screen, in a spreadsheet is a different ball game altogether not a, not many of these in fact i think sap struggle so here i recommend hiring a consultant to help with integration and ongoing service. Uh, it's not a standalone process. so that's it okay, guys so now we can take some short comments
0: this was good a good session sam i uh, i think as with most of these sessions uh, the devil is in the details and one of the things i picked up on, on what you said early on uh, which i think is is a, a great point to reiterate but you know often as you're as you're looking through these things and 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 everybody knows how a demo typically rolls but the point that you made early on was looking at some of the the terminology utilized and deployed throughout the uh, solution and and keying in to note you know to, to recognize is this this Kind of, you know, my industry terminology, or is this something that, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily understand? Uh, and I think that's a, you know, it's it's kind of something minor, but I think it 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 could turn into a, a major issue when you are just doing the the kind of checklist approach, the typical, um, you know, ERP discovery. Uh, you know that that could be another tool in the in the toolbox to to kind of lend a a good filter of is this a product built for what I'm trying to do with it? Does it match up to my business processes? you know. And is this going to be a viable product for me uh, into the future?
2: Just one quick comment there. So just one thing, make sure that your business processes that you are trying to compare your product with are in line and in order. Because if you are trying to compare the broken business process, uh, processes with the system, good luck with that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> Thanks for adding that.
4: <laughs> you know, having forty thousand customers and who knows how many users that is. Um, there's going to be a market for the product for a long time yet. Come, people leave. They know Great Plains. They they're used to it. They're you know they go to a new place. <laughs> there is going to be a market. It's just that it's going to be. A- I agree, Phil. So, well- yeah. I-
3: I would say it it's this one's interesting. I think several of these will be on how these companies are handling their sunsetting products. And you know, they renamed NAV to Business Central and and they appear to be investing that and they're advertising that Great Plains is going to be legacy and not be invested in. And and so at least they're transparent. I thought that was a really great point. But yeah, I also was just it's really interesting how they're kind of hiding that it's not really native cloud they're kind of hiding that there's other things going on, and I just wanted to add on the on the um on the b i that just even if they include that in the license, the you know uh, the business intelligence doesn't stand itself up. There is still real work to be done, whether right. it's SI work or your own work to be done in order to get something decent out of a BI process, even if the licensing is cheaper almost.
2: And that's why Phil, we saw in case of Apicode that they are going to be building a lot of pre integrated, pre-built BI dashboards that you can customize. So World obviously-
4: Probably, right? So, sorry, what's that? Role-based
2: problem. Uh, role-based as well. Power BI is not as sophisticated BI platform in general. Uh, you know, Obviously, there are far richer platforms out there in the market. Uh, and the only reason why Microsoft is able to throw that for free is because it's a baby product. You know, uh, They would not make as much money. In, a uh, lot of people like it, though. They yeah. do. just it's because it's simpler. Yeah. yeah, it gets talked about. It does. It does. It's the QuickBooks product, guys. Everybody loves QuickBooks, okay? Or they hate.
3: (laughs) Good session today, Sam. Very, very always.
4: You
2: betcha. Any other short comments, guys, before I wrap? All right, guys. So if you are on Microsoft GP on March 15, 2022, uh, you probably need to plan a little bit because you need to find out how the software world works. You know, the product is not done. Or
4: 2028. (laughs)
2: Uh, 2028, we can talk about this uh, issue in 2028 as well. There is a chance that you know they might extend the deadline. might be too late. <laughs> there might be a chance that they might extend the deadline, but <laughs> why would you stay on a dying product? It doesn't make any sense unless uh, Microsoft comes out clean that they are going to put it as their cloud-native product, which they are not doing at this point of time. If they do that, then it would make sense, but for now, they are not doing that so if you are on gp or worse yet if you are buying gp please do not okay don't listen to your words <laughs> don't buy gp okay in 2022 nobody should be buying gp uh you know you can maintain if you are already on gp you can stay on that but you should not buy new gp licenses in 2022. on that note that's it for today guys um if you joined for the first time this was part of our industry series for which we meet every tuesday at 5 thirty p m Eastern we pick one vendor or the solution we analyze it thoroughly and then we pick a bunch of stories uh, for the week that we cover related to ERP and digital transformation so make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another uh, vendor or the solutions on that note, thanks everybody for your time thanks everybody Thanks Sam. Thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned Something new today. If you want to learn more about ND Practical, head over to Essoft.com. It's Essoft.com. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to the Chrysler.club. It's T H E C R Y S L E R.C L U B. If you want to learn more about Phil Kirper, head over to Ringling Business Solutions.com. It's R I N G L I N G B U S I N E S S s-o-l-u-t-i-o-n-s dot com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Cristiano Garadini, who discusses the importance of costing granularity and why it is crucial to understand your product's profitability. Also, the interview with Phil Kerper, who shares his insights